Welcome to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number eight. Thomas Miller here. Thank you for joining me today. Actually, it's going to be joining us because I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine. You know, sometimes we talk about changing your life. Well, how about saving your life? My friend Stuart Couch was diagnosed with cancer. He had prostate cancer, diagnosed in mid-2011. He is doing great today and is going to tell you the story of how a certain seminar that we attended together back in 2011, the end of 2011, is directly responsible for him being alive today because the doctors told him just this week that most patients who had been through a treatment regimen like he had would not have made it through. And when Stuart told me that on the phone the other day, I thought this is a story that needs to be told. Stuart is quite a unique individual. First of all, he is extremely smart. His business has been in therapy and counseling, but not in the traditional sense. He is an LPC, a licensed professional counselor, an LMFT, a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's also a licensed sex offender treatment provider and has worked in the various administrative roles in the areas around the criminal justice system in Dallas County. So because of his connections with criminology, Stuart has worked with, well, you might say, some of the toughest of the toughest of the toughest. To say that his life is routine would be, well, it would be quite an understatement. And Stuart, even through his treatment process, has continued to work, and his schedule is as busy as it's ever been. Let me give you a little timeline. April 2011, he knew something was wrong. So he went to a urologist who did some tests, and it basically was determined that he, they knew he had cancer in April. But because Stewart is self-employed, he didn't have health insurance, and he was turning 65 in June, eligible for Medicare. So knowing that was just two months off, he decided to wait until then to proceed with the treatment. Well, those several months were critical, and the cancer had progressed. He was treated with radiation, 43 direct beam radiation treatments between June and September of 2011. He was put on Lupron, which is a chemotherapy treatment that basically reduces male testosterone. And Stuart and I saw each other at a seminar in December of 2011, and I was unaware of what had been going on in his life. We were friends, but we weren't friends who stayed in touch. We were mostly co-attendees of a program called Landmark Education. And in the end of 2011, Landmark did a test program. It was a beta program called Direct Access. And Direct Access dealt with the topic of neuroplasticity, basically. It's a lot of what we've been talking about. It's Bob Proctor's work. It's Dr. Sean Sullivan's work. It's things that are not mainstream, I would say, in the, in the self-help movement, but it's around this arena that you can consciously get yourself so far, but it's the subconscious mind that will truly guide you to where you're ultimately going in life. And I got to tell you, Stuart looked terrible. We sat next to each other, and there was something in me that just said, hang out with this guy. Be his friend. He needs some encouragement. And truly, he did. Stuart and I started having lunch together every week. And mostly through 2012, there were times that he just he could barely even stand up while we were waiting on a table. This 
treatment protocol really was a difficult regimen that he had been through. But in the direct access course, there was one piece of material that just clicked for Stuart. And as he and I were sitting next to each other and dialoguing and talking about the material, a lot of times during the program, they would have breaks where we would talk to our to the person sitting next to us about what they had just discussed. And there were several things that came up, several questions and perspectives that we dealt with together that really triggered something deep down inside Stuart that he attributes to why he is still alive today. And I thought you'd be interested to hear. So here's my interview with my buddy and your new friend, Stuart Couch. Stuart, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. What happened to you and what shifted and changed in your perspective? Because the doctor said, really, basically, you should have been dead. Basically, yes. I knew you at that critical juncture back in December of 2011. You and I sat through a course together that's not offered anymore, but will be rolled into some of Landmark's future releases of of new information, as I understand it. But what was it that clicked for you at that seminar that led to your reprogramming yourself to a different outcome? I was exhausted. I'd been through 43 direct beam radiation treatments, and I was also taking Lupron. Lupron is a uh, medication, some would call it chemotherapy. It's male-specific. It eliminates testosterone. In the testosterone is one of the building blocks or what feeds prostate cancer. It also completely eliminates energy, drive, and all the things that I had come to be accustomed to. When I came into direct access, I don't know that uh, I was myself. I was still suffering in that I was suffering from what I thought was wrong. My body was hurting, and I was just at really the lowest part of my entire life. I've never been that low before. Now, this program covered many different aspects of the way we relate to our environment, the way that uh, biological, neurological science has progressed. There were many different uh, distinctions that were covered, but toward the end, I began to see that there was something far beyond where I was, and one of them was not accepting, but it really was choosing to just have what I had. And when I did that, I was able to see that I am who I am, and my body is what it is, and that uh, I continue. I am who I am, and I am responsible to take care of my body. It was uh, actually in a discussion when I had a discussion with you. You were sitting to my left, and he had asked a question, meaning the uh, seminar director, and it just I just realized my body is not me. I'm who I am, and who I am will continue to be. That distinction changed everything. I was never the same since. So how did you change your thought process after that? I realized that I had 
a body that has advanced stage cancer. And I'm responsible, meaning that I am the one who's going to be a cause of uh, getting myself to the doctor, following the treatment plan, doing whatever it is that's called upon. I was also working full-time. And I'm a psychotherapist, and as I was working and uh, maintaining that schedule, I realized that my body has nothing to do with who I am. Now, they are connected. When the body's hurting, it's awfully difficult to not think about that. And so this is not a matter of just not thinking about my body, but it's a matter of knowing that I'm not my body. And by doing that, I could choose to continue. And what there was to do was to continue following the directions of my oncologist. And that's what I did. It was almost like you looked past the diagnosis. I did. I looked past the diagnosis. The diagnosis was just what it was. And there wasn't going to be anything other than what I was already doing that was going to affect it. I was taking the chemotherapy. I had done the radiation treatment. I was seeing my primary care doctor. was taking medication. The diagnosis became irrelevant. Who I am is who I am. And I don't mean that in any superficial way. Well, obviously you don't because you continued to work. You continued in the lifestyle that you had been accustomed to. You did what the medical community told you to do. You looked outside some of the conventional treatments when you started to consider the hyperbaric might be a good thing for you, and it was. Well, until April of 2012, I had only missed three days of work. And that was with all the radiation, chemo, and everything else. And the remarkable thing that you told me today was that they told you just this past week that most people who had been through the regimen that you went through, in other words, the amount of Lupron, the number of radiation treatments, having the radiation proctitis, most people... Radiation proctitis is very important to mention. Uh, It occurs between five and seven months uh, if it will occur uh, after uh, radi- direct beam radiation. And it's, uh, for me, it occurred six months later, and I have a, uh, a burn that uh, the tissue collapsed and caused massive bleeding. And uh, that bleeding is one of the things that has given me anemia. I continue to have anemia even to this day. The oncologist recommended some medication. It really didn't work. And then the oncologist recommended hyperbaric oxygen treatment as a uh, possible way of reoxygenating the bed of that wound in my colon, which ordinarily would not get uh, much oxygen. And he arranged for me to be admitted to the hyperbaric oxygen program at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas. And I did 50 hyperbaric oxygen treatments, and that's five days a week for 117 minutes, 100% oxygen. It's equivalent to 45 uh, feet below sea level. It was very therapeutic. It also allowed me to realize, I say allowed me to realize, it goes directly back to the seminar that we're speaking of. I realized that I'm responsible for getting my body to the place and for asking the questions. 
and I happen to have some doctors who are very uh, caring and concerned for me. Well, when I got into hyperbaric oxygen, I had no idea how therapeutic and how uh, that would so enhance my life. But the doctor that you were talking to this week basically told you that somebody that had been through this protocol wouldn't make it through. You did. That's right. With the direct beam, with the direct beam radiations, with the Lupron, or as long as I did, plus the radiation proctitis, I've had uh, eight admissions to the hospital for over three days. I've had 14 surgeries. He did not believe that uh, most people would make it. And he was really amazed when they were able to tell me that I was in remission with prostate cancer. I am in remission. And that is very important. Suddenly my uh, body is beginning to respond to who I am. I've never given up and I've never even thought about it. What I've thought about is how may I interact with my doctors and caregivers in the most powerful manner. And I choose to be a participant, not just somebody who's there. Look, one of the important things that I've noticed is that by being able to know the distinction between myself and my body and being able to choose to do the treatment plans that my doctors offer eliminates the story, meaning the stories that people will tell you about it, the stories that you'll think about it, and even the stories that you'll make up to yourself just to explain things. When you're choosing to do what the treatment plan calls for, that's what you do. So your response and is, I choose to... I choose. I choose it this. Was, it was uh, the day I was told that I had prostate cancer. I was also told that it was serious. I wasn't told the degree to which it was serious. I chose to have prostate cancer, and I chose to do the treatment. It wasn't as if I said, well, doctor, I think I'd rather have diphtheria. <laughs> Why don't you work out a treatment plan for diphtheria? Okay, so you didn't resist well, it? No. You just said, okay, I have cancer. Okay, I'm going to do the treatment. Okay. Oh, I didn't approve of it. Me. I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. But it was, he said, that's what I had, and I incidentally trusted him. I don't have any reason to not trust that they're professional. But it wasn't a, a bargaining. It wasn't a matter of, well, Dr. I'd rather have diphtheria. Just put, put together a diphtheria plan. I, uh, I did it. Now, when you and I were in that program, it really gave me much more clarity as to choosing. Prior to that, I was suffering. In other words, there was the way that it was and the way I wanted it to be. And in that uh, gap between the two is where I was, and that's suffering. Once I chose it to be as it was, realized that uh, I'm responsible, then uh, the suffering was not there. Not only the suffering, but that was a life-or-death decision, really. That's right. I truly believe, and I say believe because that's kind of a low way of saying it, but uh, I acknowledge that uh, 
this uh, distinction that you and I experienced together really gave me the clarity. And you're facing still some challenges. You're not out of the woods by any means, but that's the psychology that you're facing it with. Yes. I also had neurosurgery in, in January, and uh, I've had some uh, problems with the uh, bone structure. I've had a collapse of uh, part of my, of my spine. In May, I'm going to have major surgery, and I'll be in the hospital probably five days. I'm going to do it. It uh, doesn't seem, well, sometimes it doesn't seem very reasonable to do it. I'm going to do it, though. Who I am is, is, and when I say who I am, that's an important concept. I'm a partner with my doctor. I'm a partner with where we're going, and um, I'm not going to stop. Other parts of my life, I don't stop. Why should I stop with this? And I don't want to ask a question, seemingly to answer a question, but Thomas, I'm fine. My body's sick, but I'm fine. That's really amazing. Stuart, thank you for telling us your story, and I hope that this encourages other people wherever they find themselves in their own lives. Thank you for asking me. I really don't know exactly how to express this, and you've asked me questions that have allowed me to express this. I want to just emphasize with you, Thomas, and I know that you and I have been speaking frequently since this uh, program that we were in, and I think you probably have seen me look pretty horrible, and that's true, but I can tell you is that I'm okay, I'm fine. And I will look forward to our weekly meetings for a long, long time. Thank you so much, Thomas. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.